Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. Wealth is more than just money, where you will hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to become financially free, generate wealth, and legacy wealth. If you want to discover how to enhance your money mindset through strategies, tools, and techniques, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, Paul Lawrence Van, is a financial coach, two-time number one international best-selling author, course creator, and he has been assisting clients to enhance their understanding of money management to become debt-free, discover ways to build wealth, and to generate legacy wealth for over 18 years. Will you be next? Here is your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Good day, good day, everyone. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van, and honored that you could be with us in this early 2022. What a year. We all welcome you to Wealth Academy podcast. And our mantra is wealth is more than just money. And today we have a remarkable guest that's on and she is a book expert, book coaching expert and publisher. And she's doing great things. And her name is Matali Deepakaitska. Good morning, Matali. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me and Happy New Year. (laughs) Okay, same to you, same to you. Now, I'm going to read her background, which it is really remarkable. And then we're going to get into the interview questions so that you can learn how you can write your business book with the help of Vitaly. I think that's a good deal, Vitaly. Don't you think so? Sounds (laughs) right. All right. So she leads Tell Your Story Publishing and Vitaly Media Limited. She does book publishing, book coaching, business books, and book marketing. She's a vegan book coaching and publishing expert and transform entrepreneurs and business leaders into professionally published authors. And uh, she helps vegan ethical business leaders and entrepreneurs. She boosts their visibility and credibility and helps them to gain more leads and sales become an authority and thought leader in their industry, amplifying their voice to build a pro-vegan world. Now, Matali is based in Gateshead, England, the beautiful England, which I've visited before. And today she's going to be sharing her expertise with you because we know Matali in the early part of the year, everyone has these, what they call New Year's resolutions. Oh, yes. And a lot of these entrepreneurs, they're saying, you know, I'm going to write a book. And so now we're going to give them this platform and we're going to help them to set that goal and write that book and get it published with your help. So without further ado, Matali, welcome once again. And one of the things I want to look at is the fact that uh, I had interviewed you before. That's before you became an author. It was. It was. I was, um, gosh, when was this? Was this January of last year when we we last spoke? Very similar time frame. And I was getting close to, I was publishing my book in March. So yeah, it was before I published. Yeah, before I became a published author. Absolutely. So we're back and now she's the number one international bestselling author of uh, of the amazing book, The Freedom Master Plan. And But what I want to talk about and I want listeners to understand is taking this craft of yours, of writing, which you are exceptional at, did it find you or did you find it? Please share uh, what that journey is like for you. Oh, gosh. How <laughs> long have you got, Paul? I don't think we've got that long. Like, I could be here all day talking about this. All of that, is, <laughs> that is a big subject you've just thrown at me. <laughs> well, I mean, if I have to go right to the beginning, um, uh-huh. I was told, I do not remember this, I was too young. 
Um, uh -huh. But I was told my very first day of nursery, um, we call it nursery, I think you guys call it kindergarten. Correct. Um, I went into, I was a very precocious child, uh, wow. very outspoken, wanted to speak to everybody, loud, entertaining, that, that kind of child. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to my first day at nursery, kindergarten. Uh -huh. um, but what I didn't realize is I, I'm the oldest of four children and my parents yeah. spoke Bengali to me. Yes. So as a child, you do not have the concept of other languages unless you're exposed to it. So I thought the yeah. whole world spoke, spoke Bengali because why mm -hmm. wouldn't I think exactly. that? Exactly. And then I go to school and I'm running around trying to make friends, speaking to all of these lovely kids. And they're all kind of looking at me going, who is this strange girl? Or what is she saying to me? So I must have realized they don't understand me. Exactly. And I was told that I ran off to a little corner library. You know how all nurses in kindergartens oh, have yeah. a corner library. I went yeah. up to the corner library. To this day, I have no idea whether I was aware of the fact that if I could read these books, I'll be able to speak the language. Or maybe it was just somewhere for me to hide some refuge. I, I actually don't know because I don't remember this. Um, but my mother tells me that after that, every time she dropped me off, I would run off to the corner library and I'd start reading books. Within a year, the teacher told my mother that they had to get new books in because I've read all the books in the library. Wow. So they now need it. So that's where my love of the language and reading, yeah. and then it was a natural progression moving into writing. And then the writing thing, it was really just something I did for fun. Yeah. I was always really good at English literature and English language and that right. kind of thing. But I never really saw it as a career opportunity. Sure. typical that's Indian good. educated girl she has to be a doctor so that's I was uh -huh. <laughs> considering being a doctor that's kind of what my parents wanted for me as well sure. and then my teacher at high school took one of the essays that I'd written and uh -huh. she sent it off for a national competition sure. and I and 29 other children won a place at a uh -huh. course a writing course over summer, this is in 1996. And that changed everything for me because when I came away from that, I actually co-wrote an episode of a long running soap called Brookside here in the UK. Okay. It's a bit like the bold and the beautiful, but nowhere yeah. near as beautiful and as glamorous as you guys really do beautiful <laughs> and glamorous when it comes to, yeah, oh, our soaps are more gritty, I would say. Uh -huh. um, but seeing the episode that I co-written go live nationally to the whole country, Sure. It sparked something. I mean, that's when I thought, okay, this isn't just something for fun. Uh -huh. I could actually do this as a career. Yes. And that's how it all started. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's from a very early age it came from. Exactly. So you actually had a um, what we would call a roadmap, even though at the time it wasn't considered one, or a blueprint that was leading up to it because reading has a lot to do with being able to write and write very well. And, and it, does. So, it does. Yeah, it has a lot. I know as a speaker, uh, we have to read a lot of books uh, to, to acquire some more knowledge. And in, in your particular case, you took it to the next level and, and you've made it your craft, which is excellence. Um, one of the things that I want listeners to and viewers to understand is that you were a ghostwriter for several years and you helped write seven books for clients. And as you were writing these books, at that time, you had not written yours. 
you helped them to amass and generate about $5 million in uh, book-related services and products, et cetera. So when it came to having written those seven books, was there that transition for you writing your own, the Freedom Master Plan and, and how that you decided that, well, now it's time for me? Yes, there wasn't... Yes and no, Paul. Okay. <laughs> I can never give a decent... I, I should be a politician, shouldn't I? I cannot, can't just give you a yes or no answer. Um, I should be. I missed my calling there. Should I be, no, I'm too nice to be a politician. That's too. Um, I would say no, but mainly no, because I was happy as a ghostwriter. I was making okay. very, very good money. Uh -huh. And by the time I was writing my seventh, I was in, I was known in that particular industry as a, okay. you know, one of the best ghostwriters. If you really want a book that's going to put you on the map, that was the, the phrase people, my clients used for me. They said, the book she wrote me put me on the map. Yeah. And that became oh. almost like my, my catchphrase, uh -huh. really. So I was very happy. I was traveling the world. This is obviously uh -huh. pre-pandemic times. Seems like another world away now. Uh -huh. So I was traveling the world because I didn't need to be located anywhere. As long as I had Ooh. a Wi-Fi connection, I could work that, from anywhere in the world. I was that. very, very happy. Yeah. Um, and I always say there, you don't have a chance for growth when you're happy. Happiness yeah. is great, but you shouldn't always plan to be happy all the time because you can't cool. grow as a person. Yeah. Because why grow when you're happy? <laughs> if you're yeah, happy, you're content. A little bit of struggle doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> exactly. So sometimes, even though it's horrible when bad things happen in your life, you kind of have to take a step back and go, but what's the growth here? Because this is actually a gift, even though yeah. it doesn't feel like it, uh -huh. it's actually a gift. And the pandemic was actually a gift to me. It's a gift. It hurt yeah. me in the beginning, having to stay stuck in England and not do uh -huh. my normal traveling. But it sure. allowed me to sit and think about what I really wanted to do with my life. Um, and one of the things I worked out was by the time I wrote my seventh book, I wrote it in six weeks. Wow. Very nice. Compare that to the first book exactly. took me just under 18 months, uh -huh. 17 months or so, 16, wow. 17 months. I don't even remember. It was that long. <laughs> it went on forever or felt like forever. So by the time I wrote my seventh book, it dawned on me that I'd created almost a structure or a recipe for myself yeah. that I was just now using again and again. And that's why the speed was there without forsaking any accuracy. Yes. So it just dawned on me, well, why don't I show people my structure? Why don't I show people exactly how I go about? So as soon as I get an assignment, yes. how do I go about structuring a great book? Yeah. And if I just show these people, then I can affect more people because I can only yeah. write maybe five or six books in a year at yeah. a push. Exactly. I'm not even sure I want to write that many books in a year. I'd like to travel and have a life. Um, <laughs> but if I can, exactly. But if I can show people how to uh -huh. write their own books, I could potentially help hundreds, thousands of entrepreneurs. Exactly. So that was where the idea came about. Regarding writing my own book, it, believe it or not, <laughs> it wasn't because I'd written seven books. Oh, other people okay. Now, it actually wasn't. Tell me more. The reason, I'll tell you why I wrote my book, Paul, and you might laugh about this. I always think if you're going to be a book coach and you don't have a book out there, it's a bit like going to a dentist with bad yeah. teeth. Yeah. You wouldn't trust them. You wouldn't trust if, them. If, exactly. I, if I got a new dentist and he had terrible teeth, I would say stay sure. the hell away from my teeth. Exactly. Because if you can't, you're a dentist, and if you can't look after your own teeth, uh -huh. what are you going to do to mine? It's exactly. the same thing as a book coach. I, I yeah. thought, how do I get people 
to trust me and think, yeah, this woman really knows what she's talking about. It's not, I, if I could point them to the seven books I already written, then mm -hmm. that in itself would work. But I had agreements in place with all my clients uh -huh. that say I cannot reveal that I'm the writer because oh, obviously right. they're on the books. That's right. They're now doing podcasts and two of them actually have their own podcast shows now, Got which it. they have quite, you know, semi-famous guests that now come on and then lauded as the author of this amazing book. They don't sure. want someone from little old Gateshead, England saying, actually, <laughs> I wrote that book. I wrote that book. <laughs> so I have agreements in place and, um, sure. you know, NDAs. Yes, that say, yeah. I will never say I wrote those books. So I thought, well, how do I now, where's my credibility? Where's yeah. my authority? How do I let people know that I can do what I do? Sadly, being a book coach is not like a doctor. There's not like this huge, uh -huh. you know, registrar somewhere where you have to sign in as a, as a doctor and you can get struck off if you do yeah. something wrong. There's nothing like that. Anybody yeah. literally can just decide tomorrow I'm a book coach. Yeah. And they just stick a website up and they could be a book coach. Exactly. So how do I prove to people that I really do know what I'm talking about? Self-actualization. the book came in. <laughs> yeah, Self-actualization, actually writing one. Now, I know that uh, you work with a lot of conscious entrepreneurs and help them to write a business book. And you also, of course, lead uh, Let's uh, Tell Your Story Publishing. Let's talk about that a bit in terms of how that all came about. In other words, um, when people look to an expert to write a book, you also help them to become bestsellers as well. Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. Let's talk about that, because I, I do know some people who right now are writing books and some are considering it. And so this is their moment to listen so they can connect with you. Yeah. Well, what I do is I've got two programs uh, and it they're both I mean, they're both great. It's more a case of which one suits you. So if you're if you've come into 2022 and it's like I need to write this book, I've been thinking about writing a book for years. I'm driving myself crazy now. I'm sick of myself. I need to get it done. Yeah. I have a um, it's called my 90 day program, and it uh -huh. does say it does what it says on the tin. Sure. It's uh, it's quite a high. It's it's a tense program because it's going to take it out of you for sure. six weeks. I coach you into writing this book. I usually ask for at least 15 hours a week of work uh -huh. towards the book. For six good, weeks, good. and then I have a team of editors, publishers, designers, yeah, formatters, all these amazing design. people that you need. Uh -huh. Yeah, because it's important. You have to remember that you know, just cobbling something together on PDF and uploading it to Amazon does not make you a publisher. It Sorry, it does not make you a published author. author you know, exactly. um, yeah. I've now seen people on on Amazon. They say, oh, "I'm an author." Then I'll go and look at their book, and it's a fifty-page PDF. Uh -oh. I'm just thinking that's not a <laughs> That's, that's, that's a free giveaway. People have been doing that for 15 years on their website. You exactly. can't just now stick that on Amazon and call yourself an author. To be an author in the proper sense, your book yeah. has to be professionally published. So yeah. I have a, a, an awesome team of professionals who have worked with major publishers as mm -hmm. well as the media, such as the BBC, <laughs> NBC. You know, people have worked in the media who know exactly what a book should read and look like so that is great for anybody who thinks uh -huh. i just want to get this done and it just means if you stick to the plan in 90 days you're uh -huh. a professionally published author now both um, paperback and kindle now that's amazing in 90 days 
in 90 days it's fast it's really fast and furious Uh, like i said it will take it out of you the first six weeks i asked for at least 15 hours a week Uh so it's it suits some people because what they do is they just they tell their family they're not going to see them much for a month and a half sorry (laughs) and then they work in their business and then they put fine 15 hours during the week or at the weekend Uh and then they get it done and it also means that they don't have to think about anything else you know they know that once they've written it it's with my team and they're not having to find a great editor find a great designer again the problem i find with these professionals Uh not with those professionals exactly but anybody can say they're an editor there really isn't it's again it's not like being a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant where you have this independent body that can strike you off if you if you're saying you're something that you're not you know Unfortunately, anybody can stick themselves on some sort of freelancing website. Looking at the industry standards. Exactly, exactly. So they the wonderful thing about the 90-day program is first of all, it's a very finite amount of time. It's six weeks of possible hell, but you're gonna get through it. I will drag you across the finishing line if I have to, Uh and we'll get that book out of you, and then my team will take it away and turn it into a fabulous book. Yeah, great for people. But for some people, I'm very, very aware it's a bit much. Some people just literally do not have 15 hours a week. You know, they'd love to do it, but they don't have 15 hours a week. So then I also have my, um, it's my video program. And it's just a self-paced video program where I show you step-by-step on video, how to plan your book, how to write it. Mm -hmm. And I even show you how to do your own edit. I hated that, Paul. I really didn't want to put that module in because uh-huh. I'm a big believer that it's always good to have a fresh pair of eyes and For a sure. second opinion. Absolutely. But I got that many emails from my audience saying, yes, but what if I don't have enough money? Can you please show me how to do my edit? So <sighs> you have to please your audience, don't you? Uh, yeah. If you're a good entrepreneur, you have to please your audience. And that's what I was asked for. So I put in a module in there that shows you how to do your own edit, oh. even though I'd rather you didn't. I think you should stick with the professionals myself, because when I wrote my first book, I, I'm just like you. I wrote my book. Then I had to find someone for the uh, book cover, the interior design, the editing. And it's a lot of more work. But what you do, uh, you have a complete package. It is. It's a complete. If you go for the 90 day program, then that's it. And and that's what my students on that program, that's what attracted them. They've been to the book uh, coaches and they kind of have this, oh, well, you can pay me $500 a month, you know, and the next thing you know, you've been working with that coach for like a year or longer. And suddenly it would have been cheaper just to work with me and up front rather than doing that. And also then once you get to the end of and you finish your manuscript, then it's like, okay, now I need to find an editor. There's all these headaches with the 90 day program. It's just all sorted. Just come in, do the hard work for six weeks, get that Mm -hmm. book out of you. The rest, you, I will take care of it. I'm organizing everything. Yeah. Or if you want the self-paced option, there's a video program. And even then, at the end of it, once you finish your manuscript, it's entirely up to you. I tend to find around 60% of my students come to me and say, yeah. hey, can I use your team? Because uh-huh. they just like the fact that I will organize everything and they don't have to deal with it. Exactly. I would say 40% of my students have friends who do something so they can get better rates so they go and find their own editors and designers or i have one gentleman 
who is a designer himself. So he's going to design his own cover and do the interior design. He just wants to use my editor and that's it. So you have the option with the self-paced program on what you want to do. Okay. Okay. And I know one thing that, that really sparked my interest in terms of uh, trying to help people to better understand what you do is that you focus the business book that these entrepreneurs write or people write as a lead generation. And exactly. That's so a lot of people don't write for that purpose. They write, well, I have a book, but with not the intent of generating revenue for. So what was that experience like, I guess, with those seven uh, people, uh, ghostwriting books that you, you help write to help position them to generate some revenue well, from the, the good great thing about those seven people and um, paul is they were very similar to you very switched yeah. on they're entrepreneurs so they knew a book would really put them on them back they knew yeah. that a book would give them that authority mm-hmm. um so i learned from them that is where this idea wow. came from i learned from them when i wrote these books i had no idea i was i'm not mm-hmm. a marketer you know, uh-huh. I was a writer. That's my craft. I write. Uh-huh. You tell me what you need written and I go and write it. There you yes. go. That's what I do. And it was only interviewing them later on after the book had been published. Uh-huh. And that's that's actually the premise of my book, The Freedom Mastermind. It's the stories uh-huh. of these seven people and what they did next with the book I wrote them. And uh-huh. I was floored with all the different amazing things that they were using their book for that was just generating them leads to the point where they were now getting more leads than they can handle and they're actually wow. turning business away and that, saying, yeah, I've just, it's too much. I can't do this anymore. a great problem to have. <laughs> and what a, what, that is a wonderful problem when you've got too many people to work with and you don't have the time, so you have to push it away. Um, and that's what the Freedom Master Plan was all about. And, and the reason why I called it the Freedom Master Plan yeah. is it gave them the book when leveraged correctly. And that's the key thing, when leveraged correctly. correctly. The book gave them freedom from a lot of the things that most entrepreneurs suffer with. For example, lead generation is a huge one for most entrepreneurs. Most entrepreneurs are on this feast and famine cycle. Uh So they get a lot of work in. They're very happy. Yay, I have money. Uh They then do the work. The money runs dry. And now they're panicking. And it's like, oh, my God, I need more leads. And they just go. They run this feast and famine cycle throughout. And having a book and leveraging it correctly gives you freedom from that. Yeah. In fact, uh, with part of the the Freedom Master Plan, you also have a series in there. You have a plan that people can follow uh, that you provide to them, correct? Yes, I give them an entire plan that they can. What I always say with the Freedom Master Plan is you don't want to implement every single strategy in there because your your brain will blow up. It's just too much, you know? Even my clients, the seven clients, they did very different things, and that's why they all feature in my book. So Uh what I always say to any entrepreneur who's thinking of writing a book is just go and get my book. I think it's available for like one or two dollars on Amazon. So the reason I price it low is my book generates leads for me. So I don't really want to make money from my book. So even my paperback is priced at whatever Amazon charges me to Uh print and send the book out. That's it. Uh So it's very, very cheap. Go and get a copy of the Freedom Mass Plan. And then Mm -hmm. what I would do is read it and just have a a pen and paper or notepad next to you. And just jot down when you get a flash of inspiration, because it's very story based. Yeah. I'm I'm a big believer that people learn when you tell them yeah. stories. Storytelling when is you just throw facts and figures at them, it's like, oh, God, yeah. after about five minutes, it's you're done with that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> stories are amazing. It's just how we learn things. Learn. And so it's all story based. And I'm telling you the story, the case studies of these clients, man. And whenever you think, oh, I can do that in my business. Oh, yeah, I can, I can implement that. Write sure. it down. And yeah. by the time you get to the end of my book, you should have at least three or four strategies yes. that, on how to leverage your book. That will now give you the push, the motivation to actually write your book. Okay. I've had so many people who've come to me, who've become my students, who uh -huh. said, I've been thinking of writing a book for 10 years. Wow. And I still haven't. That's that's until I read your book and uh -huh. I could actually visualize what yeah. I will do with my book, once that became clear, then suddenly I was like, I need to write this book. Because now they got excited. They're like, I had this one gentleman who'd been running um, Facebook ads. Yes. And doing reasonably well, he had reasonably good conversions. Uh -huh. And what he was doing was he was um, running Facebook ads and people would go to this place where he gave like a free course. Sure. It was only like about four modules. It was like half an hour's worth of video because it's a free course. So you're not going to get hours and hours worth of video. Exactly. But it was a free course. Uh -huh. And then, you know, he's been thinking about writing a book for many years, over 10 years, uh -huh. um, but just putting off because life gets in the way. And then he read my book and suddenly he just had this flash. He was like, uh, eyes open I up. should run Facebook ads to my book sure. and yeah. see if that. Suddenly he was like, yeah, I want to write this book. He wrote his book. And I think in, in three and a half weeks, he wrote it. Oh, very nice. He just suddenly had he this was, motivation. Was, was and then I know he, he just had <laughs> this fire in his belly now. And I was uh -huh. like, now I can see what I'm going to do with it. So he, he wrote the book, we published it, and he uh -huh. started, with, and it's now got two and a half times the conversions. Wow. You know, so that's become his major lead generator. So wonderful. I always said, but I mean, I'm not saying now you should, everyone should do Facebook ads. That might not be suitable sure. for your business. This is what I mean about just go and read my book, uh -huh. have a pen and notepad to hand, and just write down anything that you think, yeah, I can see that fitting in with my particular business and my particular situation. Some strategies won't be for you. They'll be like, no, that exactly. won't work for my business. That's fine. Don't uh -huh. use it, you know? Oh, yeah. um, but uh, that's the best advice. I mean, any entrepreneur that's listening now and thinking, I, I do want to write a book. But I think that is, I mean, that's that that was the other reason why I wrote my book, Paul. Um, uh -huh. Apart from the fact that to give me credibility. Sure. But apart from that, it was because I'd met so many people who told me, entrepreneurs who told me they, they want to write a book. Yes but they just can't visualize exactly what they're going to do with their book right. once it's right. published. Like you know, you know the you, where you've got to with your Absolutely. books. Yes. But you, I'm sure you'll agree with me. I mean, I've read your first book. Your uh -huh. book is fantastic, but even if it was terrible, it doesn't matter. What you do with the book counts almost more than what's in the book. Yes. You know? I've seen people with quite mediocre books. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get into trouble. <laughs> but I've, I've read some quite famous and yet mediocre books. I, I've oh, yeah. read them and thought, I've yeah. read better. Yeah, a lot of it know? is celebrity status, athlete, entertainer. Yeah. Exactly. People buy and they've done amazing things with their book because yeah. what you do with it almost counts more than what it is. Yes. So that is my goal with the Freedom Master Plan, that once someone yeah. reads it, it really solidifies and clarifies what yeah. they're going to do with their book. Once you know that as an entrepreneur, uh -huh. then it becomes a no-brainer to write a book. Uh 
Otherwise, I can see why it's difficult because if you're any kind of decent entrepreneur, you're sure. always thinking of return on, on investment. Exactly. You know, you you're always, that? otherwise you're not going to last very long if you don't keep an eye on return on investment. Absolutely. And with a lot of entrepreneurs, I don't think they really have worked out, okay, so I spend this time and energy and money yes. writing this book. Uh-huh. I can't visualize what I'm going to do with it that's going to return my investment and then make me profit. Exactly. Hopefully, once they read the Freedom Master Plan, they can see exactly how they can very easily get a return on investment. Yes. Now, Matali, I tell you, I've had some great experiences in my life. I've seen a lot of suns, sun, sunrises and sunsets. But when you had your book launch for the Freedom <laughs> Master Plan, that was a moment in time. It was mind blowing. And there was so oh many God, from all parts of the world there. Let's talk about what that was like for you when you launched your book. I was observing it, you know, virtually, and I'm telling you, I'd never seen anything like that before. It was amazing. Share share what that how did how did that make you feel? And, and I, I had an out-of-body experience, to be honest, Paul. I don't actually awesome. fully remember it. I think I was just running on, well, I, I have to perform here. They've all come for me. And yes, I had a wonderful magician and a wonderful singer, but they were just, they were the light entertainment. People came to see me, so I kind of had to perform. So Mm -hmm. I I just, I just did it, but I don't actually remember much of it. I I have to pinch myself sometimes, Paul. At one stage, I was told there was over 163 people in all of the world. It was incredible. you know. And the book was number one internationally, number one in the year. It already hit, and it was only released earlier that day. And I was just, I honestly, you know, don't make me cry, Paul. It still oh, makes me like, I can't, I still can't quite believe it. I, I honestly can't quite believe it. I was working, I I say this and I mean this, I was working on a one to four ratio. So I thought if I ask 200 people, sure. 50 will turn up. Yes. That's a good number of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I was working on. For then 163 people to turn up, it's like, well, and even the 40 odd that didn't turn up, for the next week or for the whole weekend, I was getting, I'm so sorry I didn't make it. My kids yeah. were playing up and uh-huh. on all of these. And I was like, it's yeah. okay. It's obviously okay. In the middle Incredible. of a pandemic. <laughs> I know. It was, I know. It was just, yeah. it was just incredible. But I mean, I think, you know, I was just discussing this with somebody else earlier this morning. The, the pandemic has been awful. We can all agree. Yeah. Uh, it's been awful what it's done to this planet. Uh-huh. But you've got to try and find navigate it you got to try and yeah. find the the few you know beads of goodness in there and yeah. one of the beads of goodness for me has been that that book launch party would not have happened yeah it was you amazing. know we it were right and this was march of last year yeah completely locked down uh-huh. people were stuck at home and they came to my launch party i don't think it would have been anywhere near as successful uh-huh. if it wasn't if there wasn't a pandemic <laughs> you know so <laughs> how can i complain one of the most uh amazing experiences i'd ever had and looking Thank at a book launch and i'm the author three books three solo books and three co-authored books so uh that was very special that was but again special. i mean what i i would reiterate what i said before it's yeah. not almost i'm not putting my book down my book is yeah. quite marvelous i, I, I promise you but even if my book wasn't yeah. it really is not what is yes what's inside the book counts yes but what you do with it counts even more and the reason a lot of people have asked me how did you get so many people 
to yeah. come to your launch party thinking there's some sort of magic button that you just press somewhere and oh, like no, it's press it's like no you'll know this as well but i'm sure people look it's, at your success and like yeah, how did you do it yeah. expecting you to say well there's a secret and i just right. said so there's no secret, secret it's just yeah. getting out there Yes. Putting the graft in day in day. I was ringing exactly. people. I was leaving personalized voice notes, uh-huh. inviting people. I didn't do the whole mass mail invite, just send yeah. it out on an autoresponder to loads of people and yeah. hopefully they turned up. I was sending personalized emails, voice uh-huh. notes, ringing them up saying, hey, I'm having my book launch party. If you can make it, please, can you come? That is why that many people came uh-huh. to my party. That is why that many people ended up buying my book and getting it to bestseller status. You've just got to put, there's no magic button. There's no magic button, people, <laughs> to success. Absolutely. I wish there was because uh, I, I would have rolled that button. I would have pressed that a long time ago if I found it. It doesn't exist. You just have to get out there. And that's what I hope, you know, I hope when people read my book, they they start that you know the light bulb goes off in their heads and they're like, mm-hmm. I need to just get out there and leverage it. Whatever I'm doing, whether I'm running ads, whether I'm using it as a referral system, this sure. all these strategies are in my book. Just find two or three strategies and just do them diligently, day in day out. Just keep doing them, and you will have six and seven figure brands like my clients have. Absolutely, there's Absolutely. no there's no magic bullet. No magic, yeah. It's the work putting in the work. Put the work in. You know, <laughs> one thing I, I really uh, uh, honor. I'm honored by you is the fact that the stream of consciousness. So you're the vegan authority creator. Uh, why should people embrace this way of life? Because yes, we, we are entrepreneurs, but we also have mind, body, spirit. And so part of what you do is, is uh, really uh, provide people with the knowledge of how to live an even better life. So exactly share your, your philosophy on that. I think it's very important that many people hear it. My philosophy is actually, I mean, again, this is something, this is, this is something that happened from the pandemic. It really, really right. did happen from the pandemic. Okay. Um, when I became a book coach, I, I mean, I've been vegan for 10 years, okay. you know, so I always try to be ethically minded in everything yeah. that I buy and everything that I do, but I never saw it as something that came into uh-huh. my business. I, I, I yeah. kept the two things separate, you know? Okay. And then having the pandemic, being stuck in this country, not being able to do my traveling that I normally do, Uh it allowed me that quiet space to think. And that's when I realized I really wanted to champion conscious entrepreneurs. Yes. And the reason why is I think that is where the real change is going to happen. You know, it's one thing saying, hey, you know, I I really want to help the environment. I really want to, you know, stick up for animal rights and that kind of thing. But the average person, especially in the West, they're just trying to live, you know. That's why I don't look down on non-vegans. I don't have this, you know, I'm vegan, therefore I'm somehow better than people who are not. I understand that the average person has so many other things that are going on in their mind. They're trying to live. They're trying to look after their family. They're trying to navigate this thing for a cold life. They're working long hours. And then you're then you're telling them, oh, by the way, your meal choices and your clothes choices are wrong. They're not going to take very kindly to that. It for say, a long day. <laughs> I'm, doing my, I'm doing my best. I've got yeah. kids. I've got, I, I'm doing my best. Uh-huh. Where the real change is going to happen is from entrepreneurs. Uh, I read something over the weekend, um, which kind of blew my mind a little bit. There was um, 
it was a survey done on the middle classes in China of all yeah. places, uh -huh. which you would think animal rights is pretty low down the priority when it comes exactly. to China. Yeah. Um, and they were doing a, um, a survey of the middle classes um, uh -huh. in China, and they came out that over 70% of them preferred mm -hmm. vegan leather over leather. Leather. Got Not it. because of animal rights, because yeah. China doesn't really let's have it, don't uh, have much of an animal rights thing exactly. uh, um, that's going on over there. Uh -huh. But mainly because it was just better quality, the vegan leather. Uh -huh. And then yeah. it's now in China starting to be seen as the thing to be seen with. Like if you're wearing or you've got a bag that's made of leather, it's like, oh, right. you're, you've just got a leather bag. But if you have a vegan leather bag, there's like this prestige to it. There's, sure. it's a vegan leather. And people start talking about, oh, it's cork leather. Oh, it's yeah. paper leather. Uh -huh. That's where the change is going to be. You know, instead mm -hmm. of just bashing people with the yeah. animal rights, and we oh. all know that, but we're living such busy lives. Sometimes it's, it gets too much to then take on that you need to be kind to animals, that you need to be kind to the environment, that sort of thing. Yes. Where the change is going to be, where, it, you know, vegan versions yes. are just as good, if not better, than the non-vegan versions. Exactly. And also the price starts to come to a point where it's the same. And then people go, well, if this is the same price and the same quality, or even better price and better quality, why would I not go for the vegan option than the exactly. non-vegan option? And that is why I decided to start focusing on conscious entrepreneurs and really putting them on the map because yes. i know that if i put these people on the map and they start building huge businesses and brands exactly. more people will have the chance to become vegan because yeah. i really do think veganism is a it, it's a it's an economic issue yes you know it's yeah. easy for middle classes like me in uh -huh. the west to tell other people oh you should be vegan sure. it's a privilege to be vegan a lot of people even in the west do not have the money they do right. not have the lifestyle uh -huh. to become vegan yes so we need to remove those barriers so that everybody no matter where you are on the planet no matter how yeah. much money you have or don't have you can be vegan because yes. it's a viable option for you absolutely but thank you so much for that. Now, our time is coming to a close, Mitali. I can't believe it. it seemed like we've only been here five minutes. But uh, we can talk forever, can't we? <laughs> Please share any comments that you have, any upcoming projects, uh, how people can get in touch with you, to work with you, etc. Uh, please well uh, you can find me on social media i'm just vegan publisher so if you put in vegan publisher i should actually say if you because i have some people say oh i'm not uh -huh. vegan will you not work with me it's like no of course i will work of course <laughs> <laughs> and, well, imagine me just discriminating and just saying no well, if you're not vegan i'm going to come to your house you know yeah. if i find any milk in there exactly. i'm not working of course not, you know i, I mean <laughs> if you're doing so for example if you're a trophy hunter please don't come yeah. and seek me out i'm not going to want to work with you but exactly. otherwise you know don't get scared just because i'm vegan just because you're not vegan doesn't mean i don't want to work with you right. i know it's a journey for people and it's going to yeah. take time it took me two to three years before i became fully vegan yeah. and um so even though i'm called vegan publisher i'm known on yeah. social media as vegan publisher please don't let that scare you exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and the other way is is just go to my website let's tell that's the name of my publishing company let's tell um, just go there and you can get in touch with me. You can email me. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear about what you're doing with your business. I'm always yeah. 
fascinated. I, 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 just as soon as I think, Paul, I've learned all there is to know about business and all the different kinds mm -hmm. of business, I meet somebody else and they're doing some other product or service that I've never heard of. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm never going to stop learning here. And there's so many amazing hey, that, entrepreneurs what, and incredible things. That's great. You know, I was uh, at a um, book signing when I wrote my first book. And this gentleman mm -hmm. there, he was a veteran. I was at one of the Air Force bases in Washington, D.C. And he said, I would buy your book, but I'm too old to learn anything new. And I told him, I said, well, uh, I said, that's not true. I said, you can learn up to 90, 100, 150 any years age. old. Yeah, any, any age. age. You don't want to limit yourself. So I think it's very important that people look at that stream of consciousness to find out what what uh, best serves them. And, and really, when you get down to your book, The Freedom Master Plan, it does that. And uh, I want more people to learn more about you. And I have it here on the uh, banner, uh, your particular website there. And you thank can you. LinkedIn and everywhere. So uh, at this time, Atali, thank you so much for enlightening people here as we start the new year. It's, we want to help make 2022 the best year people ever had, especially for entrepreneurs who want to write their first book or their next book. And I want them to reach out to you uh, for you to assist them in that process. So thank you very much for being the honored guest today. It's an honor and a privilege, my friend. Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate this. Okay, will do. And for all the viewers and all the people who are listening on the archive, thank you so much. Again, today, Matali, she delivered the goods. You want to write that book? Now is your chance. Uh, stop putting it off like I did for many years and do it now. You can do it in 90 days or you can go with her more in-depth program and, and um, still be able to have your book delivered. So don't delay. Uh, take care of it starting today. Again, go to www.letstellyourstory.com. So have a great day, everyone. I'll see you on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. And don't forget our mantra, wealth is more than just money. Thank you so much, Matali. And you have Thank a you. wonderful day, my friend. You too. Thanks for All listening right. to Thank Wealth you. Academy Podcast. Please subscribe and rate this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. To get you or someone you know assessed for Paul's online financial freedom courses or money coaching, in addition to resources associated with this podcast, email paul at info at paulvanspeaks.com.